It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals offense ran it back and the defense finally put together a complete game for the first time in quite a while. The result? Dominance at home. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. Together, we make up the Locked On Bengals podcast, coming to you every day here on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate you making us your first listen and being an everydayer as the Bengals put together their second straight 30-plus point performance on offense, a dominant performance on defense. We'll get into all the takeaways in today's episode, brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. On at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL with promo code locked on NFL, you'll get a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And James, we will start once again with Jake Browning. Big sigh of relief for me, which I would have never anticipated before the season when Jake Browning returned from what turns out to be hand cramps, and he gave himself a bit of a hard time, as I'm sure his teammates did, about not drinking enough water. But outside of one play where he and Tanner Hudson aren't on the same page and the Bengals get the worst punishment imaginable for that, a pick six, Jake Browning, pretty good. Pretty good. Really good. Jake Browning, ooh, I mean, 18 of 24, 275, two tutties, another touchdown rushing. You take that every single day of the week, and you're right. You have the pick six, but I would much rather this, where you actually have the pick six versus the Steelers' performance, where you avoid the pick six, but it's just not there. It's just awful, even though the numbers look okay. It's just this offense is fluid. They're confident. They're balanced, and that starts with Jake Browning and, and him being able to operate uh, within this offense with Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan have done, I think, the offensive line. Keeping Jake Browning upright has been huge. We talked about it this week, this Colts pass rush yeah. and, and the number of guys that they had to get after Browning. Well, guess what? It's the first time they snapped a 42-game streak, sack streak. It would have been a franchise record had the Bengals given up a sack today. They didn't. They avoid that. The 42-game streak is over. There was three quarterback hits, and uh, Browning – yeah, he took a couple hits. A couple times he held onto the ball on purpose because he knew he was going to find Tyler Boyd early in the game over the middle, for example. It, it was it was part of how he was reading the field. So I, I think he's playing well. He's confident. And, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, Jake, but it, it feels somewhat sustainable. Like I, I don't think that this is suddenly going to completely go away and it's going to be too big for Jake Browning. I'm not sure he's going to have multiple screens go for 100 yards every single week, which is what happened. Two screen passes going for a 54-yard touchdown and the other to Mixon going for 46 yards. I'm not sure that will always be there, but I I do think that this offense 
it being productive and doing enough is sustainable. I mean, they've scored 30-plus points back-to-back weeks. Who had that? 34 points back-to-back weeks, Jake? Not me. But that's my magical number. And Jake Browning's out here hitting it. So, wow. Go, go Jake. Part of it is the defenses are playing against, for sure, and the way teams are playing against them. But Jake Browning is certainly playing more than well enough within the structure of the offense against the competition that he's given. And that's why you get the results of the 30-plus points. And the Bengals did it this week on long drives for the entire game outside of the pick six and the weird kind of clunky, as Zach Taylor put it, two-minute situation. I think he used the word clunky. And, and the first drive of the game, the offense was moving the ball pretty well and, and staying ahead of the chains. Huge credit to the screen game. You mentioned this. In the first half, I was actually a little bit concerned that Jake Browning was coming back down to earth a little bit because – well, he had good numbers, 100 of his 130 or so, I don't remember the exact number, I think it was 130, 135 passing yards in the first half came on two screen plays. And he had a couple of nice plays in that first half, don't get me wrong, the throw to Tyler Boyd, which I thought was going to be intercepted before the, the camera zoomed out. You could see where he was throwing the ball, but from the zoomed in angle where he's falling away and floats one over the middle of the field, it's like an oh, no, 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 oh, yes, yes, yes moment. <laughs> Uh, he had that one. He had the nice play to Drew Sample in the flat where he extends the play, checks it down to convert a first down. I think there was a nice sort of Jamar Chase mixed in there as well. But but that was kind of it. Outside of that, the offense was moving in fits and spurts. They did have those two huge plays. We'll talk about Chase Brown, obviously, uh, to, to get to a 14-0 lead and show as they finished the game that they were the better team in this contest. But I needed to see a little bit more, and we did see that in the second half, and that's where the the offense as an entire picture kind of comes into view. And they've done it against some similarities on defense. We'll see how things go against uh, what Luke, our Locked On Vikings host, calls a deranged approach to defense from Brian Flores and the Minnesota Vikings (laughs) from the, the Pittsburgh Steelers when they get to play them on the road in a couple of weeks here. But... Two straight games against the AFC South, which is a mess, by the way. Absolute uh, tire fire right now is the AFC South, particularly this week in week 14. Uh, Jake Browning has been more than good enough. And that includes the few shots he takes downfield. Again, this week, I'm counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 passes behind the line of scrimmage for Jake Browning out of his, what, 25 attempts, was it? 24 mm-hmm. attempts. Yep. So, Screen game, doing some work here. The, the the offensive sequencing, play calling, design, right now that Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor are putting together deserves a lot of credit for getting this production out of Jake Browning. But when he is asked to push the ball downfield and he's able to play on time, think the ball to T. Higgins over the middle of the field, the sideline route to Jamar Chase in the second half on that first drive out of halftime, those are the plays that give you confidence that they can do everything and they just need to keep it going against some different defenses here in the near future. Yeah, that's that's the part that we'll have to see if they can they can sustain it and, and be consistent here. And it's a quick turnaround. Jake Browning actually said he likes that that they're on a short week again because he, he doesn't have any time to to think on anything but the task at hand. And and so it makes a ton of sense to me. So stay in the groove and uh, stay with whatever you're doing because. Man, I, I chime back to our, our game preview show before the Monday night game. And I, w- I was adamant about, remember how many times I said playoffs? And 
it felt stupid saying it because everyone was thinking draft and mock draft Monday. When are you guys going to do mock draft Monday? And in a, a span of, of literally six days, the Bengals go from five and six and the season's over in a lot of people's minds to seven and six and uh, feeling much better uh, about their outlook and chances of making the postseason. So it's um, it, it's wild. I think this offense deserves a lot of credit. I think the offensive line has has really yes. played it. Including that Pittsburgh game, by the way, where I thought they were really good in pass protection. But this offensive line's coming together. It was the happiest I had seen the unit in, in a while, and I think they enjoy playing this style of football and understand the task at hand, which is let's go win the war in the trenches. We have to do that if we're going to win games. And right now, they're they're two and zero over these past two weeks. And one of the big questions going forward, like future, future, not something we need to dig into today, is what's the future of zero person or sorry, empty, empty looks, empty formations for the Cincinnati Bengals who are thriving, not doing that very much, having a running back or Drew Sample back there, running the ball today more than they pass the ball, which is not something that happens very often in Zach Taylor coach teams. In fact, on early downs, it was 24 runs to 23 passes. That includes pay- plays that may have had a penalty, so it, it maybe isn't exactly those numbers. It was an even split, including plays with penalty, 30 runs, 30 design passes. And, and so then some some of those pass plays, there's one scramble for Jake Browning, I think, that is a pass play that ended up having a run uh, attached to it. But the run game certainly a big part of things as well. The offensive line jiving with the style stacking some good games the overall adaptations and style of this offense can it continue to find success a lot of that is i think on the run game but they also got complimentary football today so a lot more to talk about here we'll continue on those topics coming up next today's episode of locked on bengals is sponsored by doordash if you're anything like me my appetite on game days is not very big until the game is over, really. I, I haven't eaten anything yet today. It's 2.45 my time out here on the Pacific Coast, 5.45 Eastern time. And my DoorDash bag right here, keeping my food nice and warm, is clutch. And it allows me to time things up. So I needed to get food after the game. I wanted to get food from – I wanted a burrito today. There's a local spot where I live called Baby Salsa. If you're in Cincinnati, maybe a skyline. I wanted a burrito. My burrito arrived. It's in my insulated bag. I'm going to get to crack that open and enjoy it as soon as we're done recording. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order in the DoorDash app. Just use code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 in the DoorDash app on your first order with promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Today's show is also brought to you by Streetside. Streetside Brewery is the place that you need to get to now. And you can see Jake's rocking the hat on YouTube. And hopefully you checked out their pregame tailgate party. Maybe you didn't. And you're like, well, where's Streetside? Well, Streetside has 24 different beers on tap. From their fruited sours to their lagers to their IPAs to their coffee blondes, they have something for you. And so if you're looking to watch the game somewhere or maybe you're going to the game on Saturday against the Vikings and you want to warm up beforehand, you don't want to tailgate outside, well, you can do it at Streetside. They're located 
at 4003 Eastern Avenue in the Columbia Tusculum neighborhood near Lunkin Airport. Like I said, 24 taps. There's something for everyone. And maybe you want to check out the Thursday night game or the Monday night game this week. Well, go there for happy hour, 4 to 6 p.m. It's street side. You won't regret it. I love their beer. You will, too. It's not the east side or the west side. The best side is street side. James, you mentioned playoffs and the the references that we've made to the playoffs in recent weeks on this podcast. And the Bengals, as of the time of recording, and this could change if Denver uh, wins, are currently leading the Chargers 7-0 with 30 seconds left in the second quarter. But if Denver wins, the Bengals fall out of the playoff picture. Currently, as of the time of recording, the Bengals in the seventh seed due to tiebreakers where the Texans are beating the tiebreaker by the Colts and the Bengals obviously just got the head to head over the Colts. So the AFC tiebreakers and wild card spots will remain interesting. The tiebreakers remain a bit of a mess because so much of the AFC South and AFC North are involved, but you mentioned playoffs and right now the Bengals sitting in that playoff picture, a large part of that, I think is that in the last two weeks, they've really leaned on the running game quite a bit. They've done a lot to help Jake Browning. He, mentioned after the game that he feels like they're not necessarily doing a lot to treat him like a backup quarterback. They have been very effective in the screen game. Maybe that's coincidental. They've certainly run the ball a lot more and made a concerted effort to do concerted effort to do so more, including the first third down of the game. They handed the ball to Joe Mixon, didn't quite get it. They had a second and long run in this game as well. But when your screen game hits a 54-yard touchdown to Chase Brown, who, by the way, is the second-fastest ball carrier recorded in the NFL this year. You get another 45-yarder to mix and another 25-yarder to Chase Brown. And and Jamar Chase only has four targets, and you still put up 34 points? You found something on offense, and a lot of this goes to the involvement of these running backs. It does. And, man, Chase Brown. 22.05 22.05 miles per hour. Tyreek who? Tyreek slow. That's who. No, I'm just kidding. Tyreek Hill isn't slow, but he's slower than Chase Brown, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. It's it's funny. One of my first thoughts when I saw that, I was like, there were multiple people that told me when they drafted Chase Brown that he runs a 4-3, and he ran a 4-4-3 at the Combine. And so that's what everyone said. Oh, man, he's 4-4, 4-4. Like, man, I heard he's 4-3. I'll tell you now, that dude's 4-3. You're running 22.05 miles per hour in pads in in a game. I, I just uh, – he brings a certain level of explosion, and they need it. And that that's that's the part that I, I th- of this run game that I think is sustainable. You have your thunder and you have your lightning. And I don't think Chase Brown needs 20 carries to make an impact. And I think Joe Mixon – is comfortable in, in the role that he's gotten. And even though you, you look at the attempts, the 21 attempts, some of those are in garbage time, but you know, 15 or so attempts for Joe Mixon, eight to 10 for Chase Brown uh, on the ground. I, I think that's probably going to be their goal balance wise moving forward. If they're able to, to play with a lead and, and play the way they want, they're not passing a ton trying to get back into it. So I, I think that this running game, it's been really nice for Jake Browning. It's been nice for the offensive line. I'm telling you, they were ear-to-ear happy that they could go do what they do. And uh, it, it's – I feel good for for the line and, and Frank Pollock and, and this entire – that entire unit because we know they're talented and 
sometimes they weren't put in the, the best situations because of how the offense was or because they were down and having to throw the ball 45 times. You didn't have to do that today. And and they may have to against the Vikings. I don't know. You never know how the game's going to play out. But this, this is the ideal blueprint, I think, for the Jake Browning-led Bengals, certainly the Bengals for the rest of the season, and hopefully they can keep it up. The Vikings, uh, hilariously, in their own backup QB battle today, are currently in a 0-0 tie with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the teams are averaging... I'm just looking at yards per play, 2.6 yards per play for the Vikings and uh, 3.2 yards per play for and the Raiders. That's why that's hilarious. And this game's going on as we're talking. Justin Jefferson was just transported to a local hospital with a chest oh. injury for well, precaution. Okay. Yeah, okay. me too. Um, it's precautionary reasons. I hope he's on the field Saturday, but uh, certainly something we'll monitor throughout the week uh, and- on a short week. And, and it's another game of backup quarterbacks. So it's another game where teams will probably need to lean on the run game. We've seen the Bengals play Josh Dobbs this year. Uh, good question from one of our listeners who I don't know if I'll be able to find it on Twitter right now as I scroll for the question. But have the Bengals ever played the same quarterback with different teams twice in a season? That was from uh, Mr. Neb, Mr. Irish Red. I wonder. Maybe that's some research we can we can do this week and see if they've ever done it, unless you know off the top of your head. But it is interesting that the Bengals will face Josh Jobs again. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, off the top of my head if they continue to average two yards per play. Maybe they won't face Josh Jobs again. You never know. True. But, um, yeah, I think this part is fun. This, the fact that we, we've had a little bit of a, a, a few minutes talking playoffs, talking mm-hmm. offensive explosion, talking offensive line. Uh, t- talking about Jake Browning playing well. And not even the pick six, the other play, he left a touchdown to T. Mm-hmm. It's a touchdown. And, yep. and he throws it behind T. T adjusts, makes a heck of a play. And I know people are on T for his drops, and I get it. I also didn't think that was interference, and he should have had a touchdown. But could have had two touchdowns today. And that's what's fun is maybe Browning's just going to get better. Like if you want to be like super optimistic right now, there have been plays in all three of these games, of course, the Steelers game, but even the past two games where he's played well, where you could look at it and say, oh, well, he could play a little better. He could he could have done that, especially this week. And so never know. Maybe he'll get better. The touchdown scorers today, as I'm sure fantasy football players know, Joe Mixon, rushing touchdown, Jake Browning, QB sneak, rushing touchdown, Chase Brown, screen, touchdown, Tanner Hudson, first touchdown of his career. Did I hear that right? Or is it just yep. Bengals career? Good for him. Definitely Bengals career. Good for him. Good for Tanner Hudson. Um, Good for them spreading the ball around too, right? In a game that we thought, I mean, we thought this offense was going to have to feature Jamar Chase in a huge way. Wouldn't be shocked if in the future they have to throw the ball to Jamar Chase a whole lot more than they did in this game. They got a huge lead. They were able to run the ball late to finish the game. Last thing on the offense before we transition to the defense here to finish up the show, James, uh, I just loved – the setup for the screen to chase Brown. They've been running this motion with Jamar Chase. They were hitting the winebacks last week. You know, the Colts were gearing up for that play. Talked about it all week with the way that the Colts send their defensive ends flying up field. They like to penetrate against the run game. They don't like to sit back and kind of play run fits and that sort of thing and and try to, well, they do every team has run fits, but they don't, they're not, they're much more aggressive in terms of sending their defensive line up field. They set that up. They, they play action off it. They come back on the same side to Chase Brown. 
beautiful scripting, beautiful setup for that play. And just a lot of credit, I think, needs to be given to this offensive coaching staff for putting together a plan that is using diverse weapons in diverse ways, finally getting the opportunities for Chase Brown. He's paying them off for doing so. Maybe it shouldn't have taken this long, but glad we're getting a look now because we know that he can be that explosive change of pace back. But like I said, the defense finally put together one of their better games of the season. We'll finish the show on that topic coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. And it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. With Prize Picks, you don't have to battle thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. All you do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So maybe you thought Jake Browning was going to go for more than his passing yards projected with prize picks, which you would have been right. Or Chase Brown was going to go for more than his number of receiving yards. You would have also been right, also rushing yards. But that's neither here nor there. But you do that. You pick two to six players, more than, less than, and watch the winnings roll in. You can earn up to 25 times your money with prize picks today. And it's so easy to use. You can make your entries in less than 60 seconds, just a few taps. They do have Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account. It is convenient. It is fun. And you can take advantage of it today by going to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, this defense put together a heck of a game. The offense gave up seven points on the pick six. Just not same page for Jake Browning and Tanner Hudson on that play. Got punished. Worst possible outcome for not being on the same page on that kind of throw. The Bengals defense had one bad drive where they gave up a bunch of third down conversions and a fourth down touchdown all sprung by a Trey Hendrickson penalty, but Trey Hendrickson was great outside of that in this game. What are your big thoughts on the defense? This is what they needed and what I I wanted to see, but I kind of ruled out this kind of performance for them where they just kind of shut down an opposing offense. They just – that hasn't been them this year. And so going in, I was just hoping that they'd force a few turnovers and put the offense in – an advantageous possession, and I thought they would give up yards to Zach Moss, and I thought they would give up yards to Michael Pittman Jr., and, and I, I thought that Gardner Minshew would make plays. And you look up, and Zach Moss averages 2.2 a carry, 28 total rushing yards. Pittman did have 95 yards, but it was a quiet 95 yards. It's not like you really felt or noticed him a ton. Garbage was a big part of that too. Yeah, the 31-yarder. And Will Mallory with uh, five catches, by the way. Shout out to the, the draft nuts that that remember us talking a little bit about will mallory so that was an interesting one but yeah like josh downs alec pierce those guys didn't have the impact that uh, you at least thought they could have that i'm sure the colts thought they were going to have coming into this game and one thing 
that has been adamant. I know Cheeto talked with Elise Jesse after the game, and I, I, when I talked with Elise, she said that Cheeto said that Lou has been all over them, <laughs> all over them. And I noticed it today. There weren't the the wide open guy. I mean, was there ever a time? It's not like like the first play from scrimmage on Monday Night Football where Christian Kirk is just wide open by about 5,000 yards. You didn't see that. You didn't see those kind of breakdowns. I didn't notice a bunch of missed tackles. And so this is the kind of defense that we we hope to see all season long. And they're not going to shut teams down every single week. Even a team like the Vikings, I don't expect them to shut them down. But I don't expect them to give up a 1,000 big plays either. And, and so this was much more like the defense we're used to seeing. Yeah, just a long of 31 yards for Michael Pittman in this game. Will Mallory, like you mentioned, the second leading receiver for the Colts, had a 16-yard catch. Zach Moss had a 15-yard catch, which was really a dump off that he took up field. Uh, Josh Downs had a 12-yard catch. Alec Pierce had a 12-yard catch. The explosive play element that we've been talking about so much this year did not bite them nearly as much. They They piled in six additional tackles for a loss. They had three sacks to go with that. And when they got the Colts behind, when they got the Colts off schedule, the Colts just could not overcome it. And and there was a lot of Gardner Minshew straight drop back passing, the most effective drive for the Colts in this game. They, they were in a lot of RPO stuff, a lot of misdirection stuff, and, and that was working. But when Gardner Minshew is just a straight drop back passer, he was not good. And the Bengals were the beneficiaries of that and forced a lot of that. Trey Hendrickson was an absolute monster in this game. I know he had the penalty, and it was a very bad penalty, and the penalty nearly, I mean, certainly changed the story of the first half. Because instead of the Bengals getting the ball back with a 14-point lead and potentially positive field position because the Colts would have gone three and out there, the Colts drive down, get a touchdown, and the Bengals immediately give the ball right back for pick six. It's 14-14 instead of potentially 21-0, potentially 17-0, potentially a field position game there, make the Colts figure it out again after another three and out instead of finding a rhythm there. And and really like most of the Colts third down conversions of the game. In fact, all of the Colts third down conversions of the game came on one drive, which tells you something about this Bengals defense in this game. They were, it was that second for, quarter. It was that second was, quarter drive. It was the second quarter drive. They, they converted all of their third downs on that drive until they needed to go for it on fourth down in the red zone. They had three total third down conversions in the game. Pretty it's, good. It's exactly what they haven't been able to do <laughs> is get off the field regularly, get off the field. And in on that drive, they did give up a third and 10 after the penalty. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's the norm. Like that's what I just, I've, I've come to expect. And hopefully they, they prove it, prove us wrong because I, I do think that the offense one, the offense won't score 34 every week. Spoiler. That's not crazy to say yeah. Two, you can't bank on turnovers all the time. And that's fine, but you need to be able to get stops. And they did that today. And I think they can build on that. And if they can do that and win that way with, with the way the offense has has played and for the most part hasn't turned the ball over, again, the pick six, huge, but it didn't need to be as huge. Think about how the way, the way they've responded, by the way, to the two interceptions the past two weeks. The Tyler Boyd pick, which should have completely wrecked the game. The Jacksonville mm-hmm. – when you look at that game, if you're, you're you're Jacksonville, you're like that should have ended the game, and it didn't. And then, and the Bengals deserve credit for that. And then, what they did today and how they responded going into halftime, fourteen fourteen. You come out, you score. The, the Colts 
have two punts and they look up and they're down multiple possessions. It's uh, th- that's exactly how you want to respond to the adversity. So this Bengals team deserves credit. But getting back to defense, this is this is how they need to play. They need to be able to get off the field on third down. And they got complimentary football, and and the defense is part of that, right? When your offense is clicking to come out of the half, and you get the Colts off the field in three plays, you give up one convert one one first down on that Zach Moss catch I just talked about where it's a check down and he takes it for 15 yards. And then you answer that with an 11 play 71 yard touchdown drive. You get another three and out. The Bengals did benefit from a couple short fields. Uh, DJ Ivy shout out, getting some playing time on defense and on special teams, throwing a blocker into the punt returner to force a fumble and then recovering that fumble. That's about as good as you can do as uh, a gunner on that play. Huge play for DJ Ivy. Also had a pass breakup on a pretty poorly thrown, admittedly, go ball, but was right there, made the play at the catch point against Alec Pierce. And good for him in, in his first extended playing time. The only long drive for the Colts in the second half, a 50-yard drive, ended with that uh, Trey Hendrickson-BJ Hill combo for the interception. Outside of that, the Colts really had nothing going in this game. They, they have like two and a half drives. They missed a field goal. That helps the Bengals quite a bit, obviously, early in this game. They go 79 yards on the next play. They had those two drives, and then they have the drive that ends in the interception when the game is 31 to 14, and the defense is going real soft. So tons of credit to this defense across the board. A lot of guys deserve credit in the run game. Jermaine Pratt had one of his vintage Jermaine Pratt run-throughs where he blows up a run for a loss. In general, the run defense, extremely good in this game. A lot of good things to say. Not a whole lot of bad things to say. We don't need to say them. Today we'll have plenty of time to get into the tape and break this game down. Then we'll shift gears and and get ready for the Minnesota Vikings, who seem to be adrift with Josh Jobs at quarterback. And we'll see if they have a QB change coming. We'll talk with Luke about that. Things change in a hurry, as we know. They change in a hurry. You got me breathing a sigh of relief when Jake Browning comes back out with hand cramps. I mean, drink some water, Jake. Drink some water. Okay. We got to go. You, Jake, I gotta, let's go. I, I got to go drink some water. James is yelling at me. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. Drink water. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.